welcome to another episode of Disrupt Ed, where we talk to the disruptors, those passionate, purposeful people out there who are do-gooders. They're using technology. They're using the disruption all around them to sort things out and help impact people's lives. And I'm joined today by an especially interesting guest. We're going to be talking about advanced manufacturing. Now, for many of you who've been listening to my podcast, you know I don't have a science or engineering background. Why am I so intrigued by what they're doing? Because if you find the right people that are working in the right organization with the right vision, your mind's going to be blown by what people are capable of doing with the technology today. And that's our story with our uh, guest today, Mark Nash, who comes to us uh, by way of an organization called Outset Medical. Mark is the vice president of manufacturing there. And he's been in the business of making medical devices. But in this particular segment, we're going to be talking about something truly state-of-the-art because not only has Outset Medical redesigned and transformed the way dialysis will be delivered, but they've also changed the way they manufacture the machines and the devices to do it. So, Mark, welcome to the show today. Really grateful to have you here today. Ron, grateful to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yes, absolutely. So, Mark, walk us through a little bit about your background, how you got into medical devices. You know, my listeners and viewers want to hear where you started down this journey uh, because you got to an amazing point now with the product you guys have just recently launched, Halo. So let's hear where you started this whole journey. Yeah, sure, Ron. So I've been in the medical space for over 15 years. Uh, I really found a unique passion for it in the, especially the medical space because you could bridge medicine and what people, what really matters, which is patient's health and human health with technology and engineering. So when I started down the path of looking for, you know, where did I want to start my career? It was really focused on medical device startups, really where a space where people are passionate and aggressive to try to solve really difficult problems for humanity. I think that's really great. You know, a lot of uh, our listeners uh, come to us by way of uh, teachers who uh, invite their students to listen in. And one of the things they listen to is, you know, what do I want to do when I grow up? And I think I think we're retelling the story for students who may be interested in working with their hands or may be interested in, in using their computational skills because manufacturing is no longer a world of dirty floors and greasy machines. It is a place where people make cool stuff. Now, let's look at uh, what you're doing currently at Outset Medical. So as an organization, you looked at the world of dialysis and you saw a couple things. Number one, uh, an area that no one's really invested in and no one's really advanced the, the, the protocols for how to treat uh, patients uh, who need dialysis. And so it's a cumbersome process. It's one of the most expensive. And also, I think it's fair to say, for those of us who dread having a loved one uh, submitted to the, to the procedure, it's an ongoing intrusion into the way you're going to live your life. And so I want to hear the story, and I think our readers and listeners want to hear up close how you guys formed this idea that you were going to completely transform the way dialysis happened before you even got to the machine. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So it really starts from the concept of what is dialysis. Dialysis requires uh, individuals who have end-stage renal disease. That means that their kidneys are no longer functioning. They need the support of a machine to help clean their blood. Um, the process of cleaning blood is not that fast and it requires frequent visits. A typical 
individual who requires uh, kidney dialysis will go to a clinic three days a week, five hours at a time, um, and just imagine what burden that is on their own life as well as on their family. Really hard to maintain a steady job, to, to play around with your kids. And also when you're doing these treatments, they're really difficult on the body. They lead to what we call drying out, which means that we've maybe pulled out too many fluids and now they kind of feel dehydrated. It could also lead to what, what is kind of like the hangover effect, where as toxins build up in their bodies, they kind of feel like they, 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 they're hungover if they had drank too much. Um, and, and we wanted to see how could we give patients back their life? How could they take more control over what they could do? Um, so we created a product called Tableau, and we're now in the home market. So the whole idea is that you can do dialysis in, the, in, the, in your home, where it's convenient and comfortable, where you have people around you to support you. Um, we have patients today that are riding bicycles, playing golf, uh, going back to work. They've really taken over their life again. Wow, that's amazing. Now, in terms of the time with your technology and with Tableau, does it necessarily mean that the process of cleaning their blood is, is not a five-hour commitment three times a week? Or is it uh, just that they're not having to transport back and forth to a hospital or to a care facility? It depends, right? So we've seen scenarios where people's treatments have reduced. Um, definitely the ability to get some of these patients to and from the, uh, from the hospital or clinic can be a real big challenge. I um, mean, also the times of the clinics, right? So imagine if you wanted to do dialysis at 7 p.m. till 10 p.m. or 11 p.m., most clinics are not going to be open during those times. Where if you're in the, you know, the comfort of your house, you can go to work, take care of the kids, put them to bed, and then go about your dialysis Right. So it's really giving people back their lives. You know, one of the things I was struck by as I um, got interested in Outset Medical and started looking at your website and some of the stories that are out there in some of the videos, what really captured my attention and why I was so excited to have you on the show is I want to talk to you about, <clears throat> about people. This is obviously a people business, and you're about the process of impacting people's lives in a positive way. What I was struck by on your informational videos is the singularity of purpose that your employees have. There seems to be just a quiet riot going on among your staff where they're all saying in the course of their day-to-day -day job, I really love being here. I really love what I'm doing because what I'm doing is contributing to the greater good of what Outset Medical is doing. Tell us a little bit about how a team of that many dedicated people, you have over, what, 150 people working for you. How did you get to the point? Yeah, no, sure. So so in Mexico today, we have 200. Globally, we're at about 900. Um, and, and if we think about, you know, just it gave me a, you know, a little bit of a, of a chill down my spine when you made that comment, because you're right. It's the people that have driven this, this organization to where we are today. People are passionate. They're not quiet. They're hungry. They're loud. They want to see patients being better, feeling better, being able to take back their life. Um, people don't. People at Outset don't join to take a comfy job where they sit in their chair and they work a few hours a day and they go home. They come to Outset to make a huge difference. Um, you see everyone around you working in that environment, so it, it really spreads. It, it's, it really kind of gets you as a disease to kind of want to work hard, kind of try to see what you can do to be better. We don't always have to follow the, the normal process and approach to med tech. We can think differently. We can do things differently. Um, and, and that's what I think you also see with the product. I think it was also striking, and I think you just alluded to this, that in listening to the employees, not only are they passionate, but they also recognize at the same time 
they're not getting off lightly. This is going to be hard work. This is going to be a lot of hours at different times. This is going to shake their comfort zone. Um, I think that's one of the other things that's pretty palpable. When you think about all your efforts around your talent strategy, what are the things you've learned about attracting and retaining people like that in the organization? Because that's a real challenge for those of us in manufacturing who are seeing historic low unemployment and a job ratio that's two to one in terms of available employees. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> so when, we, when I look for, for hiring within my organization, I'm looking for attitude. I want to see the people that have grit, that have determination, right? I, th most people are not going to come to my, to my organization knowing dialysis, working for a competitor. They're going to come from either the med tech space, the, aer you know, the, the you know, aer aerospace. They're going to come from automotives or tech. And, and I'm going to have to teach them dialysis. And th that's easy. That's the easy part. What's really hard to teach is grit, determination, that attitude of like, we just got to get this done. Um, and so when I look for people, I start there. From there, I really want to look for people that are that are humble. Um, we leave our egos at the door at outset. We really don't bring them into the organization. Um, we got way too much work to do to be political and to play those games. Um, so once we had people that are humble, that work hard, then we start to look at their skill sets and what, what, what can they bring to the table if it's from Six Sigma to, to reliability manufacturing, you know, all of those different skill sets. That's amazing. I think um, if you were to say there's one or two things that keep um, this kind of motivated, dedicated staff uh, working at Outset Medical, what would you say are the one or two things that, you know, you hear from your employees when you're having conversations with them about why they stick through the tough times, why they persevere and why they stay at Outset? I think first it's the the co collaboration and cooperation within within the organization. You'll never hear someone say, I don't have time to help. I can't do that. Everyone's there to support each other. Um, that is really different. The, people are not in it for themselves. They're in it for the larger picture, for the larger goal. Uh, and that means we can run fast and also support each other. Um, and I think the, the other thing is, is we have fun. We have fun while we do it. Um, there are a lot of companies out there that, that believe fun is not a part of the job, but maybe it's rewarding. And I would disagree with that. I think if we spend 10, 12 hours a day working, we should be having fun while we do it. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that, which is why I'm doing this podcast. It is a blast to talk with people like you. And for those who are joining us, uh, we have Mark Nash, Vice President of Manufacturing for Outset Medical, here on the show today talking about the transformation of dialysis for American and worldwide patients um, through the use of Industry 4.0 techniques and digital transformation in the manufacturing of dialysis devices. So Mark, let's get into the technology a little bit. So uh, when we first talked, you were really psyched up about um, the way you were using uh, Industry 4.0 to drive manufacturing. Tell us a little bit about that and why you're so excited about that. Where have you been able to change it up, either the processes or uh, the technologies that you're using to uh, make the manufacturing process uh, more streamlined? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So I, I am psyched up. I am a nerd about it. I, I geek out about 4IR every day. Um, 4IR, right, is the concept that you can take big data, flexibility in manufacturing or other flexibility concepts and make a really streamlined process. Um, I would even take a step back. Over the last 24 months with the supply chain pandemic, people have recognized 
the need for competitive manufacturing. Uh, manufacturing is a competitive advantage for the organization. They recognize the need for flexibility and agility when they produce. And, and 4IR just helps unlock that much quicker and much easier. Um, when we started thinking about setting up an organization uh, south of the border in Tijuana, Mexico, um, we started that journey actually right at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, we had no footprint available yet. We had two people on the organization and we said, okay, we're going to go out there and, and start an organization and we're going to start it fully digital. There will be no pieces of paper on the manufacturing floor. And that's what we went out and did. In the course of seven months, we built a building, we renovated it, and then we digitalized 2,700 pieces of paper, 7,000 process steps in order to have a fully digital manufacturing workflow. When you're talking about Industry 4.0, you're really psyched up about that. And let's talk about how you were able to bring that into Outset Medical with just two employees at the start. Yeah, that's a great question. And I really am psyched up about it. I, I am definitely a geek for 4IR. Um, when I started to think about 4IR, we actually went back even prior to the pandemic. Um, now that we, we've seen the pandemic come through, we all understand the, the need of manufacturing as a competitive uh, advantage for an organization to be agile, be nimble, and to be flexible. Uh, but before that, we were just thinking, what would be the best way to start up a business from scratch? And the concept of digital manufacturing was one of our first main strategies. And what that meant is over the course of six months, three engineers after we hired another one, went after building 2,700, ended up transforming 2,700 pieces of paper into digital processes. We converted 7,000 manufacturing steps into to a digital workflow. That allows us now to have a much more flexible and nimble way of manufacturing our current product. That's amazing. So now uh, when you reduce it down like that, you make it sound really simple. So um, you're using additive manufacturing and how is that helping you in the production process? Yeah, so what we've done is we've taken also additive manufacturing as another core principle of 4AR, right? Linked with digital manufacturing to enable us to run faster, right? So additive manufacturing, the utilization of 3D printing techniques has allowed us to add additional fixture designs, into our manufacturing process. We're building, we're building tools to, for servicing within our manufacturing process to be easier. So before, you used to have to find a design, send it out to a lab or to a machine shop, get it produced, bring it back, realize that you want to tweak it, send it back out there. That whole process takes four to six weeks. We're now talking four to six hours. We can have a part 3D printed on a manufacturing floor. And it, the best part about it is it's all done internally. The staff have the capabilities and the skill sets through training and through other courses to help get them up leveling and upskilling to those needs. You know, Mark, you're making it sound so easy, but 3D printing is obviously a very complex process. And I think uh, many of my listeners and viewers, when they, you know, when they watch shows where people are talking about it, and for example, we were talking during the break about uh, Kevin Singer and the development of a 3D printed car. People are like, what do you do? You pour in some, you know, some goop and then it comes out a car? No, um, you're actually changing up the design of each component part. And then you're still going through an assembly process and a manufacturing process. So can you talk about that in a little bit more granular way to help those of us without an engineering background understand how you're making parts and you're making fewer of them with the same level of structural integrity that a traditionally produced part would have? 
Sure. Yeah. So that, that's a great question. So today, right, we use mostly 3D printing for design change concepts and for manufacturing fixtures. So the first thing we need to do is we need to create an AutoCAD file, right? So we're going to create a CAD file that has a drawing, a 3D image drawing of the part we want to produce. We then send that over the, what we call OTA, over the air, right? So wirelessly to our 3D printing machines where we start the 3D printing process. Now, I'm not an expert to, to the guru level of a lot of my employees, but there are a multitude of different types of 3D printing techniques. If it's SLS, SLA, FTM, there's a lot of different types of materials and techniques you can use for 3D printing. Um, the one we use is called SLA. So in essence, what happens is there's a, there's a basin where the material resides and slowly the, 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 there's kind of like almost like an old school type of printer going back and forth, printing layer by layer, creating that structure. Once we've created that structure, though, that we're not done yet. We still have to then clean it all out with, I, with uh, IPA, with, with alcohol. And then we also then need to cure it in what looks like a glorified microwave to harden it. So when you have all these parts at the end of it, what you have is a much more efficiently made um, device. When you look at the economics of that, how has that impacted your ability to deliver a product to market? in terms of the number of parts, in terms of the number of vendors you have to deal with, in terms of the overall cost per unit, where are you seeing those efficiencies? Yeah, that's a great question. So for from an efficiency perspective, we don't have to work with a lot of machine shops anymore for, for, for manufacturing aids and design changes for small pieces. We can do that internally. Um, we are thinking about moving to production ready components. And then in the future, if we decide to make that step, we'll, reduce, we'll, we'll, we'll significantly reduce on logistics costs of having to move raw material resins from one vendor to the next one to get it produced back to us, and we'll be able to have it all on site. That's the, eventually go the eventual goal. Now, if I, if I look at it today, are the, are the costs of 3D printing at the level of injected molding? Probably not yet, but our whole concept is capabilities. Can we get the staff the teachings and the learnings that they need so as the cost of 3D printing goes down, we're ready and we're not starting late? You know, I think you've just done a brilliant job of explaining this in a way that makes a lot of sense to a lot of us who are curious as we're seeing this happen. And I think you've also hit on something else that has impacted the advance of technology for the past 30 years, and that is as we move forward, these printers are going to be much more efficient, they're going to be faster, and they're obviously going to cost less. Um, what about the environmental impact? Let's, let's talk for a second about that. You're, when you're using additive manufacturing, you're reducing um, a lot of waste. And I noticed that as I was learning more about Tableau, it's also utilizing a lot less waste for the patient because you're using uh, water differently and it's processing uh, people's um, uh, kidney function very differently than a traditional dialysis machine might. Yeah, you're right. So we, we actually have everything on that machine on board, right? So if we think about it, a typical dialysis machine requires huge infrastructure in a back-end room. So imagine a room at least 12 by 12 where you have to have huge water tanks to purify your water. Then you need to have huge mixing tanks, almost like a brewery, to mix in your, your different uh, dialysate solutions. And what Tableau does is it actually purifies the water on, on site, on spot, and it makes in real time dialysate solution. So everything is contained within that little machine. And that's a huge difference for the, for the customer. They no longer have to have huge vats sitting at home and huge powdered bags, or they can have a much more refined and simplistic machine, which is what we've done in manufacturing as well. 
So as those of you who have been listening and watching us today, you've been listening to Mark Nash tell his fascinating story about Outset Medical and how they are transforming manufacturing using Industry 4.0 digital manufacturing techniques and technology. And what they've come up with is something that is changing people's lives. Mark, any last words as we wrap up this episode? I am going to invite you back because I think a lot of our viewers love to hear from people like you who can explain these things uh, to those of us who are just in the learning mode. So any last thoughts before we sign off today? So yeah, Ron, the only thing I would say is this space of 4IR, it's not only for the big companies, the S&P 500. There are a lot of small companies like us that can get involved in it. And really, it can make a huge impact. So, so don't think that it's only for the big boys club. It's really for anyone who wants to, wants to join and get into it.